Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Shadow of the GM podcast, with me, your host, GM Shadow. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 15 of the Shadow of the GM podcast. So today I'm going to answer some call-ins, mostly from Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, um, but then also going to talk a bit about my Boot Hill game I'm starting up. This kind of sprang again from the conversations Audio Dungeon, I think, with Jason around about running some Boot Hill, and he suggested second edition. So I'm just going to talk a bit about my prep and my thoughts on the system and sort of some plans around it and sort of additions I've made to the system um, from reading around. So without any further delay, let's go into the call-ins. Okay, so enjoyed your your um wrap up of I don't know what I enjoyed. Can you tell I'm tired again? Um, I just listened to your episode where you answer my question. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the answer to you know my my slight issue with Romance of Paris Lands. Definitely wanted to try it. Give it a go. Um, I can appreciate that answer. I, I don't know that I overly like the way you fix that, but. I need to try it. I won't condemn any game before I give it a shot. And I'm not going to condemn it over that anyway. So, as far as the one-shot second edition game, I really had a great time. Your son didn't ruin it at all. And it was great fun. I'm really looking forward to our next one, which will be 3.5. So, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. You, you did a great job. Don't feel bad about it. Um, and I'll talk to you later. Jason there from Nerds RPG Variety Cast talking about the um, issue I'd raised and that we've all raised around the escalating difficulty numbers as you level up your match to the powerless land. And I agree, I'm not sure that's what I think is an ideal solution to that particular problem, whether we even consider it a problem as well. Um, but I also agree that I want to try it out and play it, and even if I don't like it, it won't stop me playing the game. I can just tweak it. We could all just tweak it to how we want it to run. I don't think it changes the main mechanics of the game. So yeah. Um, so moving on from that now, we shall go on to Jason's next going. reason why I go Straight through this one, the unified dice mechanic. All D20, all the time. Got to where there were problems where. See, you don't sound so bad sped up. Wow, you're dropping episodes quick, my friend. Great review of third edition. And uh, so when are we going to play? Let's set a date. Uh-oh. Maddie needs tension. Talk to you later. Hey, Barry, really enjoyed the 3E review. I, obviously, that other one I sent to you was... <laughs> I didn't quite listen to it yet. I did listen to it a little sped up. You, you're not bad to listen to you speak, sped up. Um, so... Oh, Maddie's got more comments. The... The big thing I wanted to mention is what's funny is when you do your what's best and what's worst in the system, I find myself nodding both times. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to playing our, although we're going to play 3.5, not 3. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing. And um, yeah, so we'll talk to you later. Ooh, sped up. We're lucky I didn't rip a hole in the space time continuum as I've always threatened <laughs> doing that. Um, I guess it depends how fast you can listen to. Let's head back home. No one have bat an eyelid, everyone will be able to manage it. But I know in some places, I think my accent is a bit quick for some people. Um, 3.5, yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to play it. In some ways, it's probably what I'm looking forward to the most running because, although in some ways it's a heavier prep system, for actual me, it doesn't require as much prep because I don't have to really read back over a lot of the rules with second edition, fourth edition, especially. I'm really going to have to go back over the rules and remind myself of the third edition. It's kind of, I remember pretty much 99% of it. Um, um, so it might be a quick scan through just to make sure I've not forgotten anything. I remember playing a play by, well, it was a play by text live one I did about a year ago. And 
I was telling all these people who claimed to be experts in the rules and they were debating and they would open said, oh yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> like, I do actually remember, I don't know, because I like, it ran it so much. I'd kind of got quite a good memory of 3.5. So famous last words, wait for me to mess it up on the night when we play it. Um, but it is definitely on there. It's definitely, I need to schedule it and get a date in. Got a little bit sidetracked with actually playing other games. So I've got Romance of the Perilous Land game round up. I'm really desperate to play ICRPG with you, Jason, to get that one going. So I don't know whether to do Romance of the Perilous Land, do 3.5, then go do an ICRPG with you before we do 4th edition. Kind of space out some of the games in between it. Um, but we'll have the play-by-post running in the background, which we'll talk a little bit about in a minute. Um, but yeah, so glad you enjoyed 2nd edition. Glad you're enjoying my review of 3.5. Uh, good that you agree with some of the points, because hopefully that means that we're going to have quite a good experience when we play as well, because I think if we've got a similar mindset, it means the game will hopefully run in a way that we'll both enjoy. So thanks for the call-in, and let's move on to someone who isn't Jason now. Hey, Josh Beckelheimer here. So I got to say, your bad part of 3.5 or 3.0 doesn't outweigh the good stuff, in my opinion. But who knows, maybe it's because I started um, gaming with 3.0. I got the Player's Handbook when I was a teenager. It's the first game I've ever experienced with D&D. So I don't know. But one thing I don't know is what the differences were made between 3.5 and 3.0. So I know I had the 3.0 rulebook, and some of the games that I played in were probably 3.5 rules, but I'm not sure, because I was just a player, and I just always was, you know, a basic core character and didn't have to do any crazy stuff, you know, either a fighter or a rogue. That was about it. But uh, I am curious about what the differences were. That was Josh Beckelheimer there from JB Publishing. Yeah, so I definitely would say that the bad points don't outweigh the good points in 3.5. I mean, I'm much the same. I mean, technically I started with second edition and I have gone back to 2E at the moment, but I spent a lot of my gaming time in 3E and I, I did really enjoy it. Well, I should say 3.5 more than 3E. And I, I don't think it's a bad system. I thought Pathfinder did some good stuff to kind of tweak a few little sort of add off the few edges. There was definitely an iteration between 3 to 3.5 to Pathfinder of kind of, I guess, sort of taking some of the bumps out of it. But, you know, no system is ever perfect. And I actually really like 3rd edition. Um, the only issue I have sometimes with 3rd edition is the kind of players it attracts can kind of irritate me a little bit, whereas I find 2nd edition is not quite so bad for that. And even some of the earlier editions don't seem as bad for that. So, and I think I've talked about other podcasts. I won't go into the big rant about that. As for differences between 3rd and 3.5, I will have to go back and research because I think I played 3.5 such a lot more than 3rd edition it's hard for me to go back things I recall off the top of my head that were different there was definitely some changes around spells and spell lists changed slightly tweaked on those there's definitely things around I think some of the potions changed it's one of the things that if you go back and you have like because I had a whole adventure path kind of module collection that was actually written for 3rd edition not 3.5 and you have to do the little bits of tweaks and alterations around some of the magical items and some of the spells and stuff mentioned in there because they don't match when it was changed um, but there'll be stuff out there and I will research it and probably might do a quick episode on what the differences were between 3rd and 3.5 I want to say there was some skill tweaks and things as well but it'll probably be a mistake Take away to try and rattle off the top of my head. I don't really remember so well at the moment. Um, there weren't massive changes. You could sort of run a third edition 3.5. There was just some th- issues you'd come across, but you could, if you're a good enough GM, you could kind of ride over those bumps. Um, but it was enough of a change to kind of convince people they needed to buy the new edition to kind of get there. And it certainly eventually convinced me to get it. So, yeah. So, then moving on again to, to someone called Jason, who might have called in a couple of times before. Hey, Barry, let me get through this Bushido game that I've got on the 9th. And um, maybe if you want, I mean, we need to schedule you and Dicey RPG first. But 
you know, maybe I can run a GURPS Dungeon Fantasy for you if, if you already have the stuff. I wouldn't buy the stuff if I were you if you don't already have it because we've got all these other games to play first because you're right. We, we've got this big list coming up, but I appreciate the thoughts. Take care, and I'm looking forward to our future games. We, we need to get on that Boot Hill thing too, so let me know if I can help with that. Yeah, we still need to get the ICRPG scheduled up in amongst everything else. Um, you did make me laugh. I was like, don't, don't buy any game. Don't buy a game. Don't buy a game. That's like, I don't know, some sort of weird... I don't even know what that means. I don't understand. The words individually kind of make sense, but together, I, I just don't get it. So um, try and stop me buying any games. I, I want to buy every single game out there. So it's very difficult to stop me doing them. Much to my wife's delight, as you can imagine. Um, I already have the PDS for Dungeon Fantasy. Um, I'm holding off buying any physical copies at the moment for kind of, I guess, the reasons you mentioned um, until I've had a chance to play it. Um, although I do have, actually, that's a lie, I have a physical copy of the Adventures book kicking around, um, but I no chance to use it. So yeah, definitely add a list of games who, who shall have a run, but ICRPG definitely said president to be kicking that one off for too long. We do need to get down and actually get some gaming done around that one. Again, getting my schedule and my wife in agreement around having a night off to go and do that. Um, but thanks again. So yeah, add it to the list. You know, I've talked about about five games potentially now that we need to run. So we'll get there eventually. So we need to get the ICRPG out of the way and those D&D games out of the way. Then we can sort of focus on something else. But thanks again for the call-ins. Um, and that's all of them for today. So quite a few, mostly from Jason, like I said. But, you know, we'll have quite a good back and forth between me and Jason. A lot of gaming together, so there's no surprise. So now we move on to the main conversation, which is about Boot Hill. So to get on the main topic of today's episode, I may have, I don't know, violently, foolishly offered to run a play-by-post game on the Audio Dungeon, not on the Audio Dungeon itself, but I was on the Audio Dungeon and we agreed to do it. Um, I'm already in a couple of games. I'm in a Josh Beckelheimer. It has a Black Cat game on it, which we're playing. So it's a nice slow pace, which suits me at the moment with how hectic life is. Uh, playing it in a classic Traveller game, which Jason's also in, um, and Shandy Andy together with some of the others on, from the Audio Dungeon on there. Um, so again, that's a play-by-post on Rollgate, um, which I'm kind of a bit struggling a bit with Rollgate, to be honest. I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Um, but yeah, I kind of still get in there. So it's a little bit faster pace. Che's kind of not cracking the whip, but he's kind of keeping the pace moving a bit faster. But I talked a bit, I can't remember someone else mentioned, but I think someone must have talked about Boot Hill. I know I've been, I've been thinking about it a while, it's a few months back. I've got a collection of PDFs for Boot Hill. I've got first, second, and third edition hidden away in my little PDF archive I have squirreled away um, and it sort of came up around Boot Hill and I said I fancy playing it so I eventually through whatever method for whatever reason agreed to run a play-by-post game of Boot Hill now Jason suggested playing second edition um, now I agreed to it I'm not really too bullet it's more I think I fancy played a bit of a western to be honest um, but looking back at it I have, I think, I've only ever sort of half started to play a game, but he'll look at it, I think it was third edition I actually played, so I've not really played second edition. Um, and when I've got into second edition, it was quite interesting to read it because much like first edition, it reads a lot more like a skirmish game than an RPG. Um, so what I mean by that is it's very much focused around the combat element and about movement, and it's very much about determining who goes to shoot first and the damage and stuff, and that takes the bulk of the rules really around the weapons and things. There is a section on campaigns and developing characters, but it is much more around your character surviving gunfights and developing and things like that. So it was interesting to kind of go through it. Now, I guess reading that, the only thing that worried me a little bit was that my role-playing style is I like to do a fair decent amount of role-playing. And this kind of contradicts, I guess, what I said something about being system neutral, because I felt at its core, it might be a little bit difficult to run Boot Hill as anything more than kind of a, a slightly advanced skirmish game. 
as it's written, because if you look at other systems like, say, Dungeons and Dragons, to use that sort of most closest match kind of, I guess, in, because they're both TSR products, you have at least attributes like strength, dexterity, you know, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, etc., that you can therefore use to not to role play because you shouldn't really role play off numbers. But if you want to do some sort of determination around something that isn't simple combat, there's kind of like a number you can roll against. But like I said, you could run Boot Hill's role play. You can do the interactions and have your character motivations. But the only real mechanics around it <coughs> are around the gun combat. And so I did think, well, is this going to be a bit of a barrier to the whole roleplay element of it? And so I did think, well, I know that third edition had skills in it. Um, main difference between second and third really was around the fact that second is still a percentile system. Third went to D20 and they brought in skills. And a lot of people were saying, well, second was a war game, skirmish, and third was a proper role-playing game. Now, I'm not massively convinced in that because second does have a lot of stuff around giving your character a sort of concept and a profession, etc. But what I did find, nosing around, I went to see if anyone else had developed a skill system. And I found a collection of Dragon articles I'm going to pull out where there's lots of optional rules in the Dragon magazine. So between second and third, in Dragon magazine, they did put out things around uh, working out your father's like history, your family history, things like that. So different options for like what your money begins with, um, sort of extra combat rules and things. But in there, they also had a skill system. Now, it's a very, I suspect to say, basic skill system. It's very much like the skill gives you a flat bonus or the ability to do something you wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Um, and the second edition rules already have like a gambling rating, which you can use for gambling. And again, there's like a gambling skill that sort of affects it. And there's rules for tracking and the tracking skill helps it. And there's a swimming skill, which means you can swim. I looked at it, I thought, you know what, that's probably all we need. I don't really want to change the rules away from rules as written too much, because as I said, when I've not played a game before, I like to play it more rules as written. And I think as a compromise, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Dragon Magazine thing around skills. And so... Looking at the medium we we're going to play it on, I was originally looking at Rollgate because that got suggested, um, but I don't really like the Rollgate interface. It's a bit clunky in the sense that it's quite good for doing like, you know, you're talking character and you can describe things, etc. You can build a character sheet on it fairly easily, but it runs, there's an app on your phone that also has open a browser in your phone, which then opens about 20 browsers because every time you go it opens a new one, doesn't feel back to one you've already got open and it's a bit of a pain in the backside when I've been using it. So I've actually gone back to Roll20 of all places, because although it's a virtual tabletop, there is now an app where you can access the chat, like the in-sort of screen chat thing. So you can do inline rolls, and you can also do descriptive text and whispering and all that kind of stuff. And I think the map functionality, although it's difficult to see in a phone with the app, um, is useful on desktop, because it means if we get into complicated combat, I can at least put figures down and people can see where people are if that's causing problems. I know sometimes if it's getting quite crunchy, some people might get a bit confused as to where people are standing, etc. It might be quite good if there's a visual aid. So I'm thinking about going down that line. Um, as I said, I've already got some PDFs, so I've got some maps as well that, you know, online so people have created some free resources for the old Boot Hill maps and stuff. So I've pinched a couple of those to put on there. So we're really looking forward to it. So far, I've got um, Jason from Nerd RPG Variety Cast and Shandy Andy from Unguarded Treasure are sort of on the the Roll20 one. And a few other people who are kicking around in the Rollgate, they've not come across, so I'm going to re-advertise again. And if you listen to this podcast, if you've got any interest in playing it and want to play a, a Boot Hill play-by-post, let me know. If you go on the Roll20, I have actually put up a series of journal entries, which are sort of like handouts, but they actually tell you how to do the character generation. You can actually roll up characters without even having to speak to me, and it sort of talks you through the process. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my prep so far. I've sort of, like I said, I've pulled in mostly from a bit from the Dragon Magazine articles, but I'm going to stick mostly to the core rulebook, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. So I'm going to take a published adventure and probably tweak it a bit. I'm just like tweaking them a bit just in case anybody else has read it. 
and B because of some things that I don't especially necessarily like, but it was quite good having that. It made me laugh when I looked at the adventure by who wrote it. I don't want to say in case everyone works at which adventure it is, but it's two quite big names from D&D history that have actually written this module for Boot Hill. So yeah, getting quite excited about it, looking forward to it, and we'll have to wait and see how it goes. Um, enjoying the kind of idea we've got a percentile system. I've even, because I'm a pro account on Roll20, I've created a character sheet for which is hopefully going to streamline things. And I was talking to Jason a bit about ways to kind of keep the game moving so it doesn't bog down too much. So it might be a case that I do a lot of the combat roles for the players. I did discuss it with the players beforehand to make sure they're happy with that, but it saves people kind of waiting around. There are rules in the advanced Boot Hill rules for um, simultaneous movement and action orders. So basically people would submit orders and then you move it around. So again, it's from that skirmish point of view where there's a referee. And I think I might use that for the setting because of its play by post. It would be easier if people just say what the movement is than that happens then what the shooting is based on where people are now standing and then we resolve it that way because i think otherwise waiting for that sort of turn order and people to like log in and roll might slow it down a little bit whereas we want the combat to move a bit faster i don't mind waiting for people to explain what their actions are going to be around the role playing side and the rest of it but we don't want combat to become too slow and clunky in that sense so yeah that's kind of my thoughts and my prep um i don't know if it's interesting to anyone or not but definitely worth I think put it out there and if anyone's got any questions or any interest or any experience with second edition boot hill that want to kind of you know give me their thoughts or any resources they know are out there then please let me know and um, like i said i couldn't find a roll 20 sheets i've had to make my own but if anyone knows if anyone squirreled one away please let me know because i like the automation sometimes on roll 20. That's it for episode 15. Um, I might try and get another this week. Jason mentioned earlier about sort of churning out podcasts. I did two in a row, so two days in a row last week and then left about, you know, a five-day gap in between. So I shall try and go back to schedule a kind of pump, publishing one near the beginning of the week and one near sort of Friday time, get back to that kind of um, schedule. But until then, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to call in on Anchor def- uh, anchor.fm. Get my words right. Uh, you can also contact me at gmshadowhotmail.com or I'm also on gmshadow at, on Twitter. So at gmshadow on the Twitter. So until next time, you know, get your six shooters out there and keep on gaming. <laughs>